I am doing just fine. I can't believe it's already Friday, mid-February. Uh, I'm a little behind on what day of the week it is and what month it is. But that happens in the middle of winter, I suppose. How are you? I'm great. We talked about winter. So can I, I'm going to give you an introduction. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, yes, Lisa Lamparelli is a businesswoman, sister, mother, social commentator, writer, spiritual explorer, and keen observer of humanity. As a thinker, Lisa endeavors to avoid taking sides on issues of importance. Rather, she seeks to explore with other curious and imperfect souls the root causes of the human condition in all its glory and travails. And here we are. Um, I think we can. Here we in, are. One of my one of my most curious and and uh, imperfect smartest friends. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, you, yes, we all are imperfect, but you're less imperfect than some people, I suppose. <laughs> well, you know, at least to me, <laughs> we've been friends for years, and uh, we're back on life's journey together. Um, you know, sometimes we have these hiatus. And uh, then we somehow reconnect. It's a path that's, I believe, already been woven, a golden thread. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here we are back in turbulent times. And we're going to try yes. to, we're going to, try to um, be positive <laughs> and uh, to, to try to uh, carve a pathway that people might see that we have more in common than we do uh, disparate, so to speak. Um, this came about, uh, you, I, I'm going to try to stay somewhat true to the agenda. We wanted to talk about the, one of the ways that we are still united is through sports and fun. Right. You know, I, I just, what I hope to do, I make it a practice myself because I can be as negative as anybody else, trust me. But I really try to counter that with positive thoughts and I try to manage my own thinking which is uh, the first step, I think, to being uh, more positive and putting more positive energy out in the world. So, you know, I try to, on a daily basis, look at the kinds of things that unite us, that make us happy or that made me happy. And, yeah, so, you know, since we're both Bostonians, in case anyone didn't pick up on our accents, which, of course, we don't have. But um, I was thinking that, um, you know, I had a blast watching that Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl, Tom? Oh my God! How you know? I was, uh, I guess I was like the rest of the world. I was really amazed, and uh, you know, it was a story. And that's one of the things we want to talk about. What are the what unites us in games and stories? I've, I've decided, and that that's all really life is about when you think about it. But yeah, it was a great story. I mean, how does this guy, this legend? You know, the, the GOAT, is he going to be able to do it, especially against, you know, it was not only, uh, I think, in people's minds, not only a game against, certainly, uh, Kansas City and and uh, Tampa, but it was almost right. in the way there. But it was a, a story, a, a conflict between young and old. And, uh, and, you know, and there he was, the old GOAT. <laughs> and uh, he kind of made it clear who was still in charge. Yeah, he did. I I, uh, have had mixed feelings about watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
um, as a team because who the hell are they and why do I care? So this year when, you know, they were uh, on the map around here in Boston, probably a lot more than they ever were in terms of the exposure to the games that they played. Um, it was fun, but, you know, it's bittersweet to watch our beloved Tom Brady uh, play somewhere else. But at the same time, you have to really admire, and this is what it what it is for me and why I, I cheer him on, is admire his own constant drive and commitment to pushing the envelope in his own body, in his own mind, in his own world, in his own reality. And that's the thing that um, I think maybe we understand about him having having watched him for 20-odd years here is uh, you, you come to understand what's behind the performance and the excellence. And, um, but, you know, it was also part of the team brand, the team mantra. And so I'm not sure I ever bought into this whole, well, you know, it, was, it, was it the coach, was it the team, was it the ownership, or was it Tom Brady? I didn't really buy into that because I think that you can't really separate the elements of that story. Why would you want to? But watching um, him this year uh, do his own thing, really forge his own path and find uh, people who were willing to support him in his own perception of what was going to be the best next step for him, which is amazing. I mean, you know, he really, uh, I'm sure he had a lot of people saying, you're crazy, what are you doing? So to watch that, I thought that took courage in and of itself. But then to watch the team gel and the performance come together to the point where they made it to the Super Bowl was, you know, phenomenal to me. And I think that's the story of um, that we can all learn from and what I try to take away because it's very humbling to watch him because, you know, he really kind of tells everybody, if I could do it, you could do it. At least that's how I see it. And um, on the day of the Super Bowl, many apparently the Kansas City Chiefs were favored by uh, three, four points. But I know you never, you never <laughs> bet against the GOAT. Never. <laughs> and sure enough, um, it, but it, it's, it's more than skill. I mean, I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the whole discussion of, you know, what did they say, the goat versus the kid? And, you know, I have to say, on the other side of the coin, Mr. Mahomes, the first time I ever watched him play, I was blown away. And I said, that's the next Tom Brady. And that's quite a statement from someone who, you know, has watched and is very loyal to Tom Brady. But I could see it, the talent. Um, so it's interesting how uh, that all came together and – it was really fun watching that watching that battle. Wasn't it fun? Did, oh, it was absolutely brilliant and it was epic. Did you um, did you see the commercial between I think I think it was for T-Mobile between him and uh, the phone call he received um, between Gronk and Tom Brady? I did. I did. I that was extremely clever. You know, I'm not I'm not really. I guess maybe I'm falling out of the target audience with some of these commercials, I, half of them, I'm like, what was that supposed to be about? But that one was 
extremely clever and, you know, uh, really kind of played on their relationship. I, I like how, how uh, you know, Tom puts himself out there as somewhat, you know, a vulnerable character. And uh, I think that's what what really made that extremely charming and funny. Um, I like yeah, that narrative. The miscommunication. Here's Gronk telling him, Tom, retire. Why would you want to <laughs> come on down yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That was very, very clever. I think they did another one about um, uh, Gwen Stefani, and she's talking about the kind of man she wants to meet. And, you know, she she describes someone who's the opposite of Blake Shelton. And then Blake Shelton walks in to meet her for a drink. And she's looking at him like, what? And it was the same sort of thing, how her message got all broken up. And, you know, what they heard was the opposite oh. of what she said. So <laughs> so there were, there were two of those. They're very, very clever. But, you know, that's part of the fun of watching the Super Bowl. Just, you know, I love to look forward to just laughing, kind of taking taking it in the in the spirit of the competition, you know, thinking about it for days and talking to your friends about it. And you know, sometimes, Tom, I worry, like, am I having any fun anymore? So, Whoa. you know, this is the kind of thing that I think is fun. And, you know, it's fun. I think that's the importance of sports, you know, to, to kind of go outside of myself. You know, sports really is a uniter not just of Americans, but, you know, throughout history, sports, back to the Roman times when they all went in the Coliseum and watched the, watched the events, to, yeah, you know, lost, the present day Super yeah, Bowl. If, if you lost in those days, it was serious. It was, it was Monday serious. Monday. I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a bloody mess. It really was. Seriously. <laughs> you didn't just fight humans. You fought lions and snakes and all, all kinds of things. <laughs> yes, and the object of the game was to kill the other, to kill the other creature. Literally. Football is probably not far off from that now, oh, although I guess they they backed off on that somewhat. But it's it's really you know it's just really fun. I, the Super Bowl, you know, is is just to me, you know, it, it, you get together with your friends, your family. You it's an excuse to drink and cook and eat and snack and eat the stuff you ordinarily shouldn't eat and laugh and uh, cheer on and do a little trash talking. I mean, I, I just think that's, um, that's something that unites us. Right, Tom? Well, especially, right. And especially in Boston with the amazing, you know, what were there 10 Super Bowls and his, he was going, and if you averaged it out with Tom Brady here, he was, we were going every other year. Right. You know, right. So that, that became a I know. Tradition. Yes, and it's a little bit of a letdown the day or two after the Super Bowl to not hear anything about the celebration, the victory. So speaking right. of which, did you see the video? Apparently down in Tampa they had a they did, they had a literally a boat parade. I mean, we do a duck boat parade here, but they had literally a boat parade. And did you see the video of Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy to Gronk on another boat like across the ocean? Wow. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, oh, so right there it tells you. He he sees the whole trophy, you know, the whole thing in a completely 
different way, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't believe that he he had the the courage to throw that thing from one boat to another. But Gronk caught it. And um, that, so that's how they celebrate down in Tampa, I guess. But um, that was pretty crazy. Well, you know, um, you, know. The, uh, you know, comparing it to the Greeks and the Romans, uh, you know, you talked about the fun, but, you know, those, <laughs> those Super Bowls were epic. I mean, at times they were anything but fun. But at times it only, sometimes it came down to the last minute before it was fun uh, uh-huh. because they sure. were grueling, grueling battles. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you're on the edge. I know that, you know, I watch it. My brother who's very, uh, he, he gets depressed immediately and I'm trying to tell him, no, 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 wait, you know, you see what they're doing. You see what they're doing. And uh, he's, I don't want to hear it. They're playing terrible. And then the next thing you know, uh, was it 28 to 3? We were losing to uh, yeah, Atlanta. Yes. And then, it, you know, yeah. and then, and then in the last second, <laughs> they go across. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just gave him that kind of punch of the shoulders and a smirk. And he says, oh, okay, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah you know you go through uh the whole range of emotions which again um thinking about you know who how are we united those are the things that you know when you go through an emotional experience with someone um whether it's personal or it's a or it's a an athletic event you know it's a very uniting thing i think when you know you you go through the roller coaster of rooting and fall and getting disappointed and frustrated and then thinking, Oh my gosh, they're going to pull it out and rooting for your team and arguing with your, your uh, compadres. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that's really, if I think about it, that whole thing is an emotional experience course, that unites were us. You BC? Were you at BC for the Flutie Hill Mary Pats? Um, no, I, that was right after I graduated and I was, Watching it on television, unfortunately, my family was down there in Texas for that game, the Cotton Bowl, but I was not, I have to say, watching it on TV, having watched Boston College be far less uh, talented in years past, that was a bigger thrill than if I had been there, because I got all the bragging rights, but yeah, I mean, the <laughs> the emotional, the emotional uh, experience of that was, well, it, only, I mean, is there much else in the world that boggles your mind like a like a play in sports? You just can't believe your own eyes. Yeah, it's you know they think that's what uh, the original Olympics were about. You know, the you know con- communicating with the gods. You know, with where humans would go beyond the norm. And uh, you know what it always, and especially I want to read this. I'm trying to get to a point where I can read uh, that. Uh, Twitter uh, thing that Tom Brady, the quote that he gave. uh, I think this might be a good time to do that. Okay, great. I really, I really, we're quoting Tom Brady. I really don't like leaving much up to fate, certainly with regard to my football career. If, like me, you're serious about your peak performance, you need to work hard at the things that are within your control. Your work ethic, 
how you treat your body, and your attitude, especially your attitude. Things happen sometimes that I don't welcome or want, but I make the choice to remain positive. That is something within my control. I don't like to focus on the negatives or to make excuses. I think this one is so, so um, appropriate for today. I am never a victim. I gain nothing if I get angry or frustrated. You can make life a lot harder for yourself by focusing on negative things in your path or making excuses for why things didn't go your way. Or you can refuse to... um, Take things personally, let them go, learn from them, and become the best version of yourself. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's actually your choice. If I throw an interception, have a bad day, or make a bad business decision, by staying in that place, I will just make things worse. Wisdom, someone said, is about knowing the difference between the things you can control and the things you can't. Bravo, Mr. Brady. And how appropriate for today. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that it, it's it, something that we should all study and <clears throat> um, all the aspects of what he said, because he truly does live it. And the proof is in the pudding, if you will. So, well, you know, you know I, that, uh, that reminds me of the serenity prayer, which the end of it is, you know, the wis the, the courage to change right. the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And, you know, Tom never gives away his power. He understands his own power and his own place in the world and the universe, and he embraces that power every day. And I think that's the reference to being a victim. I'm never a victim. I think that's really a key, a key aspect uh, to maybe um, our current travails in this in this country and the disconnect we're having is that. Um, I, I think that people are f- more focused on what divides us and than what unites us. And that comes from a place of focusing on, um, you know, their individual selves rather than the collective. You know, speaking of that, uh, that reminds me, did you um, see the, the Jeep commercial, I, you know, at the, on the Super Bowl day, the Jeep commercial about, uh, about, Getting to the middle with, I, I think, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen was in it. It is, it is amazing that you brought that up, Lisa. Amazing. It because, is? Yeah, yeah I, I can't believe you're bringing that up because... What is that? Wait a minute. I think it's maybe the commercial you're talking about. Uh, but there we go. If we listen, we may hear Mr. Springsteen in a second. Oh, you're going to play the quote? It's playing. It's playing. Great. Right yeah. Yeah, there's this weird, funky introduction to it, but it uh, should come up here in a second. There's no way I could edit that out. I don't know why they they uh, wasted it. looks like they're wasting almost a minute on just an instrumental. Here we go. Can you hear it? I can. Okay, good. There's a chapel in Kansas, standing on the exact center of the lower 48. It never closes. All are more than welcome to come meet here in the middle. 
It's no secret. The middle has been a hard place to get to lately. Between red and blue, between servant and citizen, between our freedom and our fear. Now, fear has never been the best of who we are. And as for freedom, it's not the property of just the fortunate few. It belongs to us all, whoever you are, wherever you're from. It's what connects us, and we need that connection. We need the middle. We just have to remember the very soil we stand on is common ground. So we can get there. We can make it to the mountaintop, through the desert, and we will cross this divide. Our light has always found its way through the darkness. And there's hope on the road up ahead. I think uh, I don't. I think just everything becomes that's instrumental it. after that. But yep. there, there it is. That that's exactly. That's it. Yep. Uh, I, you know, to me that was maybe the most memorable message that I saw in the commercials. Um, what did you think of that ad? Oh, I was shocked. First of all, I uh, shocked, but somehow was not totally surprised because you and I talked about this off uh, podcast. We talked about the, remember the uh, commercial for Chrysler in Detroit um, it, during a Super Bowl, maybe, I don't know, has to be five or six years back. And uh, who was the rap star? The Eminem. Uh, Eminem. And he, his, it, it was a combination of his words and the fact that that, vehicle was built in America Mm. and it was very rousing, very, you know, it went beyond simple, you know, by, by a Chrysler because it was what, what, what went into, went into the product, the intangibles that went in to make this machine. And here we, so when I saw this, you know, once in a while, uh, uh, you know, Madison Ave comes up with a good one. And goes for the higher, the the higher message, not the not the message to you know buy another sandwich or you know uh, buy another cell phone. So yeah, I was surprised, but not. Right, I I um, feel like a lot of the messaging in the commercials. As you know, I'm a I'm a marketing business person, so I maybe I pay attention to it more than some. Uh, but messaging is very important, and it's uh, in the background, whether people realize it or not, it's extremely well thought out and v- extremely strategic. And I've been somewhat um, dismayed, I think, by the polarized messages that have been sent out by corporate uh, entities. And, I mean, it wasn't too long ago when we were sitting around form- formulating messaging that we would make sure that it was not offensive to anyone, that it was um, a well-rounded message, that it was inclusive, 
and that, you know, it was uh, representing, you know, the spirit of America, if you will, or the spirit of of um, the positive. And I don't feel like many commercials and messaging in general is doing that. And I, I think it's extremely destructive. It, it kind of breaks my heart. So when this commercial came on, I was just, I, I found it to be soothing. Like, oh, there, there it is. There's a message I can understand. There's a message that is positive. And I really thought that um, I, I congratulated Jeep uh, for, for, you know, backing that um, and putting that out there because it's an important message. And, you know, the, the media... Uh, corporate American America and their branding and messaging and advertising really do affect the culture. And I, you know, I feel like the messaging has been uh, divisive and certainly not uniting. So, you know, that had a lot to it. You know, I, I especially paid attention to the part about fear has never been the best of who we are. And as for freedom, it's not the property of any of us, uh, excuse me, just a fortunate few, but, uh, but it belongs to all of us. And those are the things that unite us in this country. That is what the founding of our country. And those are the things that unite us. And I don't understand these days why we're all fighting about that. I mean, it's been a given, it's been, a platform um, from which we've grown as a country. And so I, I really appreciated that. And the mention of fear in particular uh, resonated with me because I do think a lot about behavior and, you know, fear is uh, a very negative force in in the universe and we all suffer from it. Um and I think that fear does stop us sometimes from getting to the middle that commercial talked about. Um, you know, you, you've, you've certainly studied, we've talked about on other podcasts, you know, the um, Course in Miracles and Marianne Williamson's Return to Love and that whole focus on fear. So, you know, maybe you could talk a minute about, you know, the fear and actually getting back to Tom Brady's quote, the victim mindset and how those things are getting in the way of us staying united or being united. You know, I, uh, I find it shocking that the victim, without getting too negative, but the victim mindset, the mentality is almost a religion. As soon as you say, uh, you know, suggest that there's another way, immediately the default argument is they can't you can't you know mm-hmm. things are stacked against you it's it, right. and they they embrace that who are you to blaspheme and say there's another way or that things are possible and you know what let's go back to tom brady and mindset what's right you know what one of the things that is fun about in spirituality is and we, we we talk about it though somehow we've been cursed to see things that others don't and you have an amazing eye for detail you see things that you know, shock me all the time and i'm like whoops I, I didn't see that because i'm looking for the larger things but 
Uh, right. We, yeah, we, we kind of complement each other in that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, I'm fascinated by story lately. I've been reading, you know, I, I'm trying to write novels and I've created a lot of stories. And so I wanted to find out what constitutes a, a story that resonates. And, you know, talking, let's go back to the game. Life, I've really, uh, I'm very relaxed and confident about the fact that I've boiled down one aspect of life, that life is a story and a game. Think about mm, it. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, That's all it is. You, you have a story and, and a game. There's a game. And why? And again, these are two very powerful forces. I covered this the other day on my uh, podcast with Jane Kenyon from uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, she brought it up first. She says, you know, when she went in to deliver a speech, there were all these um, inspirational speakers who were um, athletes in all whatever sport it was, speaking to a bunch of young uh, girls and trying to inspire them. And she was the only female. And she was prepared like them to talk about goal setting and mission statements and et cetera, et cetera. And when she got up, she tore up the... uh, her notes and just told her story, which is an amazing, compelling story. And it wasn't a dry eye in the place and how she, she became, she got a standing ovation over uh, again, all these professionals. It was the first time she ever spoke on that level. So she talked about the power of story. And what I have found even in a self-discovery is we are so used to stories think about the news what is the news it's just nothing but story after story after story and yet most people tune that in automatically every single day to get stories not very good stories but you know then we have you know tv we have stories we have movies that are stories and we're not even aware how addicted we are to story because it resonates with our human nature and why? Because we are right. a story. We are a character in a story. And yeah. then, then look at games. What <laughs> the, the, the amount of people and attention and everything, for, not just with America, but with every country in the world, look at the crazy soccer fans. I mean, right. this goes beyond. And because, you know, in a time when, you know, one of the things that seems that scares me the most is the denial of our, our humanity. People will say, well, there is no such thing. And we know what, what they're talking about. There's no such thing as gender. There's no such thing as beauty. There's no such. It is what I decide as an individual. We, and this goes with our topic today. There is no commonality to a lot of people today. We have nothing in common except what I say it is. And so, but sorry, (laughs) even you, whoever you are, resonate with story. Even you resonate with the game. Uh, We all do. And when you see the, what, what a game, what kind of emotion, when you see a hundred thousand people in person, never mind the, the people in their, in their living rooms, or wherever they're watching it, jumping out of their minds or, or being depressed or screaming, you are totally sucked in the way that you're sucked in with a story. And it's right. so powerful, we don't even realize how we're getting hypnotized. 
you, you almost have to stand back. It takes a superhuman. And that's one of the things that Brady does with all of the mayhem going on around him. He's not buying it. You know, right. He's, and he's single, absolutely. Right. He's and, not you know, buying sports he, is he, a, Right. Go he's ahead. Above I'm it. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. He is he, above it. But, but I think he's also in it. And, you know, sports, uh, I have a, a son myself, and at a certain point I thought it would be important for him to play sports. He, it wasn't, you know, he, he didn't uh, love sports. But, you know, being involved in sports is a metaphor for life. And in that you uh, learn where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. You uh, learn how to relate to others to give support and get support so that you can um, improve and uh, become more excellent. Uh, You also learn that despite your efforts, sometimes you lose and that you must, in that loss, be graceful and gracious to yourself and to the others around you. And, you know, I think that that's what what we've lost somehow for a lot of people is, you know, the idea that we have to be um, sportsmanlike. Like in the game, as a matter of fact, there was uh, some behavior that was very unsportsmanlike Ooh. where yep. uh, one of the Tampa Bay players was really put putting his, you know, face into the other guy after they scored again and again, and he got a penalty because it was extremely unsportsmanlike. And, you know, I think that, we we all need to think about the unsportsmanlike uh, behaviors that we have, take our penalties, and behave better. I really do. And because life is not all about winning. Life is not all about um, the the accolades. Life is not all about, you know, the individual performer, um, although those things all are important and have stories themselves. But uh, we have to kind of get back to the bigger picture here. Uh, otherwise, we're just devolving as a nation, and I just I worry about it. I I really do. I everybody's lost it's, it's lost focus on right. It is absolutely something to worry about, and I think that you know because we again looking at all the layers, the layers to all of this are very dangerous. And it's funny, isn't it? We, you and I talk offline about the fact that we get attacked for, well, why do you care? You know, what, 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 why are you getting upset about this? Uh, you know, what, but the bottom line is we do care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live here. Right. I think it's very convenient for a lot of people to say, well, it's none of my business. You know, I don't I'm keep to myself. I'll put my headset on and I ignore everything. You know, with that, with that mentality, we're not going anywhere positive. I mean, we need each other. We really do. Exactly. You know, we are, again, contrary to conventional wisdom that seems to be evolving, we are social animals. I saw um, I, I, in our search for uh, topics and things, I sent you something that uh, I didn't know. Again, I don't tune into conventional news, so I don't know. I don't even know which stations are, have certain biases. You know, um, once I tune in, it becomes clear in two minutes. You know, I mm-hmm. turn in information. Right. All I'm getting is is opinions, and I'm like, whoa! Oh, so this is that network that 
sides with one right. side. Of- it's true. Nobody can can people decipher between opinion and fact anymore. I mean, it's it's a problem. Uh, exactly. It's a problem. It's very it's difficult to decipher. And you know the the great thing about having access to all of these sources of information is that we can continue to look to find the the middle uh, and focus on what unites us. But it's also very easy to be polarized, and um, you know, and people are being uh, shut down for their opinions. And I mean, that's not going to help us to have a balanced view of things. Let me go to one of the topics you uh, brought up, which I think fits right now is the, you talked about the the public meeting place, the, you know, where we came together as a people to, for that purpose, especially to vocalize. Everybody had their voice uh, and expressed their opinion. And everybody listened, uh, listened. But but it was for the greater good of how yes. do we manage ourselves and survive and thrive. Um, you know, it wasn't about the individual. It was about, but the individual's viewpoints were very important and were considered. But the the premise of the conversations was to get to a better understanding and strategy for how you know the colonials when they got to this country were going to be able to actually survive and make this work and you know again the public square was a place where everybody talked everybody's voice was heard yeah i read the book mayflower and before they got off the ship you know they were there they were in um in the in the bay massachusetts bay and before they got off the ship to colonize, they had to have a contract, a compact. They all agreed as to, to this was the way the government or the agreements would be set up. And this is how, um, before we get off the ship, you have to sign and swear that you're going to abide by the common wealth, the common mm. good. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no shaking your head and going, no, and walking to the other side of the ship, which is what I find comical today is that, you know, we love dialogue. You and I love dialogue. We love the art of rhetoric. You went to a Jesuit school. I'm sure, I bet you they made you take rhetoric. Did, did, was that required course? Yes, there were uh, two, two or four years uh, along with my study in business were liberal arts courses where you studied the classics, the Socrates, uh, you studied economics. Um, yes, it was, um, you know, a very broad-based history of European history of, and, you know, history of America. I mean, it, it's, it's all important to an understanding of, you know, it puts a lot of things into perspective and you, you need to understand history in order to look more clearly at the present and to anticipate the future. And of course, the old saying that you don't understand history, you're doomed to repeat it. Um, And some of that history is painful. And, you know, the United States as a country, we've made a lot of mistakes. A lot of our history is painful, uh, but we've learned from it and we keep going forward. Right now, however, we're going backwards. And right. I mean, we've already 
seems to me, process those mistakes, and we've gotten better. I mean, we, we're imperfect. We keep on trying. Uh, but the way forward, like you say, is to appreciate the commonwealth and to focus on the common wealth. Yes. Not the individual wealth, but the commonwealth. There's a dirty word these days, wealth. Yeah. Well, and, and, but, but I love that. I mean, we, we live in the commonwealth of Massachusetts. I mean, most states are, were founded the commonwealth of Virginia, the commonwealth of, you know, so that was a very important word. I love that word. Exactly. That, and it, that was a good so, word to bring up. Right. So even from the earliest times, you know, I mean, oh, boy, here we go. We're, we're, you know, we're doing a great job of skating around the thin ice, aren't we? I mean, give ourselves, you and I, a pat on our back. We're not going too negative, but we're, we're you know, we're pointing out that there are flaws in the way uh, society behaves and the flaws in the way the thinking is going. And, um, you know, so th- there, there was this, uh, you know, concern. The reason they left England is they didn't have freedom. You know, they couldn't right. practice religion. So, um, and so they came here for the common good, at least to do that. Also, <laughs> well, because they wanted, they, they wanted to be free. I mean, you know, and we're the freest country in the world. Yeah. Uh, and people who were not free and who made it to this country are the first ones to point it out, too, by the way. Uh, as recently as, you know, yesterday, I heard a story about uh, there's a lot of um, Cubans who are who made it to America and they are in Florida. I mean, they're the ones who have a voice now saying, hey, you know, what are you all doing? I mean, this you've you got to remember, you're free. Don't, don't jeopardize the freedom. And it, it, I mean, it's just, again, history is important. The lessons that we learned in history, why did we leave England and come here? I mean, you know, the issues... Those issues haven't really. If we forget, we will we will uh, lose our freedom. I mean, I really believe that. So I'm hoping that my voice is one that just gently reminds people. Uh, yes, you know, you're focused, hyper focused on certain uh, aspects of um, you know sexuality, uh, human rights, um, discrimination. But in doing that, you're actually at the same time you're you're advocating for it. You're actually committing the crimes that you say you um, <laughs> are against, and that's that's one of those hypocrisies I see. And that's those are the kinds of things you and I talk about uh, because I don't claim to be perfect, but I, I'm just trying to be a voice that unites us and reminds people of you know, the commonwealth, the common good, and that we can all have fun, we can watch sports, we can admire and learn from those who are more excellent than us in terms of their performance, and um, we can be humble, and we can um, be civil, we can show sportsmanship, um, and we can respect our neighbor, help our neighbor, and help ourselves. Well, you know, you one of the things that you brought up in the outline was empathy, and here it comes. It's rising right now. Um, mm. I just find it amazing 
with all this talk, I, I, I subscribe to a newsletter, uh, and every day there's an article about empathy, empathy, empathy. And yeah. uh, very, uh, very important yeah, thing. Yeah, and it's there. You know, I'm finding a, as a resource that 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 resource is scarce these days because yes. there seems to be, especially with the the groups that are on the attack. Um, you know that there's a what we we're having today is a is a an embrace of righteousness righteousness we're right and we are going to make the rest of you understand that you have to comply with our righteousness and no sense of empathy i know before they take action you know they they have a a certain mindset and they're going to put it into action and not not even before they do it, trying to understand how does the other side think. And right. Well, exactly. But I mean, it really does tie back, Tom. This that that kind of behavior. When I see it, I ask myself, why? What's really going on here? And it really it gets back to what we talked about: fear, uh, the victim mindset. If if you are afraid and you are think you're a victim and you have no power and you don't take any personal responsibility, how can you possibly have empathy? Those two things just can't go together in the same, right. in the same you, sense. You, it becomes self-preservation in your mind. You have to survive. Um, right. And, and that's why I think, you know, with the Course in Miracles, getting back to those basic uh, tenets of spirituality um, and, you know, thinking about, what the what the root cause of our uh, failings are and where they're coming from, so that we can heal. Uh, you know, I think um, you're you're a great uh, student of the Course in Miracles. I think you told me you studied it for two years, and yep. so you know that's the wisdom. The wisdom doesn't change. We forget it. We forget the learning points, the teaching. But if we go back to the teaching. It's still right there. Well, exactly. You know, she she boiled it down to there's only two choices, love or fear. You know, and all the great teachers, all the great spiritual leaders, Jesus, you know, uh, Gandhi, uh, Muhammad, Buddha, that's what it all came to, didn't it? It all t- came to love. You know, let's mm-hmm. choose love over fear. And, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, love is, is the scarcest of resources right now uh, on all levels, not just on a community level or a uh, society level or, or government level. I mean, r- relationships have never been, you know, in, in my time on the planet, my 73 years on the planet, I've never witnessed anything like the, the, the terrible game that relationships have become. And um, it saddens me to see because w- when when you're operating, I mean, that's how you create families <laughs> is through a relationship. You well, know, right, but but this, it's just sad. I mean, there's a lot of loneliness out there, especially woo! in the last year where we've been so, um, you know, locked in and locked down. Uh, without without those relationships. Uh, it really leads to loneliness and depression. And I mean, I think those 
those um, illnesses are as dangerous, threatening to our life, life as uh, COVID, for sure. Um, oh, so no, I try no, to, no, you know, right. I, I mean, I really, I think that's so important to not forget that, you know, COVID is one thing and COVID will come and go, but, you know, mental health, telling people you love them, supporting them, uh, understanding that someone has it worse than you, uh, and reaching out when someone seems to need help is still really what's more important than getting a vaccine to me. Uh, not that that isn't important, but, you know, it's just fundamental truths are really um, being lost somehow. So I, I really think that, you know, having this conversation about what unites us hopefully sends out that those reminders maybe and those thoughts to people uh, and uh, gives people an opportunity to kind of reflect on, um, you know, what unites us rather than what divides us. And um, it it has to start with each and every one of us. Um, And I I really, I really love that statement at the end of that commercial. Um, Just, we just have to remember that the very soil we stand on is common ground. Exactly. So, bravo. Yeah, exactly. You know, we uh, uh, it's uh, it's complex times with all of these um, these you know these tentacles out there, these loose tentacles. Uh, everything is so um, you know it, it's it's like that ball of yarn, you know that that can of worms. Uh, where do you even begin? And until first of all, this. You know, I've witnessed it myself. There was talk about game. Let's go back to games. Is debating even a, a part of a high school? We used to have debating teams. Mm, right. And colleges had debating teams. I don't think they even exist anymore. I don't know. You know, and and that was, you know, that was uh, even though the the geeks were the ones who did it. Not everybody ran to a debating. Uh, need or contest they uh, but you know you admired those guys who were those guys and usually those guys ended up you know in some leadership role later in life and um, but it was it's an art form isn't it to right well I mean it's the same as an athlete you know I mean it's just it's a just a different set of muscles that they're using uh, and again, none, none of that comes without a lot of work and a lot of introspection and a lot of uh, seizing your power and, like Tom Brady says, and keeping a positive attitude. Well, you know, going back to your public, the public forum, the public meeting place, the public square, um, you know, how England is noted for having, you know, everybody has that part of London where they all get up on their soapbox and they, they speak, you know, whatever they, their, their take on life is or what, what they feel is, but, but people come down to listen. And um, today no one wants to listen They They want to go to their righteousness. And, uh, and, and that's, you, you can't begin to have dialogue <laughs> unless you listen. Right. And, if we're gonna, if there's gonna be a commonality, people are gonna shut up for a second, 
and let go of their, you know, how many times, remember the good old days of arguing, you would, where it didn't turn to hate and you didn't, you know, get so emotionally upset that you said, I don't care if I ever talk to this person again. And we have now, we have whole families distance, you know, that they've decided that, hell, your ideas uh, aren't mine, and I'm not going to talk to you again. And they're actually living right. like that. And yes. so nobody can shut right. the noise there's off. No, there's, no, there's no middle anymore in some, in some circles, and that's what's really sad. Uh, I mean, you know, um, just getting back to I mean, I, uh, I had that, that commercial. Me. Right. I had it. Right. Exactly. And so I think, what can we say? The, the, the steps toward a middle are no one to, to put it bluntly, shut up for a second and truly listen to somebody else's. How many times in the past, in the old days, you'd say an argument would go on long enough and it wouldn't necessarily get to screaming. It could be on a civil level. And you would say, wow, that's an interesting point. Mm -hmm. I never saw it that way. And even though you may... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, good arguing, um, if you've ever been a married person and you've ever (laughs) had any course in, you know, in uh, marriage or had any marriage counseling, you know, there there are rules to arguing. You know, there are rules to discourse. There are rules in debating. You know, first of all, you you can't make it personal. You can't go below the belt. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that uh, discussion and even arguing can be productive. Um, but I I don't know the rules. You know, the civility of our of our uh, discourse is completely broken down. And I guess you and I, because we're a little older, we remember a time when it wasn't like this. And I mean, for me personally, I, I, part of my Reaction to it is I just don't want to. I, I just it's too part, painful. I just don't want to be a part of it. But at the same time, you know, hoping to do podcasts where you could have um, you know a positive impact and people, to your point, will listen. Well, so Tom, you know, I think it's time for us to wrap this up. Yeah, um, exactly. I want to add one word I learned. This what fits in. I learned a word in the last week or two. At Ad hominem, ad hominem, and I okay. don't know what the, I heard it, but I never knew. So, but I get this Webster's uh, word of the day. Yeah. And there was the word ad hominem, and I go, and it, what it means is, is to the man. To it, it's an attack. It, it's it's an attack on the person, and an ad hominem in an argument takes away. You no longer argue the the point. You, mm-hmm. you get to attack the person. Right. You know, you, you're this, you're that. The judgment start. Right. And, and what, and I've noticed that this is what the politicians do. You know, again, the, the, we've gone from the great debates of Kennedy and, and uh, Nixon and all of the, you know, debates during the elections were, something everybody tuned into because we wanted to hear state statesmanship. We wanted to hear good arguments. We wanted it was right. a chance for each candidate to show their vision and everything else. And 
back in 2016, I couldn't believe it. Everybody was talking about who slept with whom and the size of their members. And, and I was like, what? We've come to this. And, right. you know, so. Well, that's, so that's guess, a great word, statesmanship. I, uh, you know. I, right. We're going to wind this up. But I think what I like about what we did today is we realized the need for commonality. And we pointed out the things that keep us away from that. And that the road back are simple things like listening, empathy, mm-hmm. uh, letting go of your righteousness. And if we start and realizing this, there is a commonality, folks. In the, we are not separate individuals. The we road are, back also includes having fun, right. uh, being um, polite, being civil, um, and having a victim mindset, but uh, replacing fear with love. I mean, I uh, hopefully you know all these all these uh, threads um, were woven in, and so that's my gift to the podcast nation. And um, I also just want to wish everyone, since we've been talking about love, and it is the the uh, commercial version thereof on Valentine's Day this coming weekend. So yeah. I wish everyone a, a happy Valentine's Day and. Make sure that you let the ones that you love know you love them. Well, that's a beautiful way to end this. And next time we'll talk about one. We talked about story. We talked about games. But another commonality is music. So why don't we talk about music the next time? Okay. All right. We have uh, an endless number of things we could talk about, Thomas. So I will end this (laughs) as I usually do by uh, I love you, Tom. (laughs) At least I love you and uh, everybody. Let's start loving each other or something, at least one thing about the other person, whether it's their, their arrogance or their righteousness, at least loving that fact. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This is uh, Tom and Lisa hoping you join us again and hopefully may, may have pointed you in the right direction, which is to the common good. All right, Lisa. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That's it, folks.